Hi, and welcome to episode one of season two of The Carousel Project. This is a Disney history podcast where we talk about the making of the magic through the lens of public relations, marketing, and communication. We have two hosts, Kate and Josie, and we have a new member of our team coming on this season. But before we introduce him, a little bit more about ourselves. My name is Josie. I am 26 years old. I live in sunny Orlando, Florida, right behind the Magic Kingdom. And my favorite character is Lewis Robinson. And I am Kate. I am 28 years old. And I live about 40 minutes away from New Orleans, Louisiana. And my fun fact is that my first trip to Walt Disney World was when I was three in 1996 for the 25th anniversary of Walt Disney World Resort. What a time to be alive. If you want to find us on Instagram, you can follow us at the Carousel Project Podcast. Again, the handle is Carousel Project Podcast. Our newest member of our team is our sound editor, Adam Hirsch. He will be joining us not only for sound editing, but also on our recordings to make sure that we sound our very best and that all of our facts are straight as a fact checker. So expect to hear from him every once in a while. But here he is with his little introduction and his welcome to our team. Hello, and my name's Adam. I'm 35 years old. I live in Los Angeles, about an hour from Disneyland. And if you are a fan of Country Bear Jamboree, I'm currently taking friend applications at Epcot Adam on Instagram. <laughs> I love Adam that so is the much. best. I know that was amazing. So So Adam is the best. As many of you know, Kate and I have been Instagram friends for years. We met in real life many, many years ago, but we met on Instagram and that's where we met Adam too. So I was friends with Kate. I was friends with Adam. And one day I forced them to hang out together while I had to go to work at the Magic Kingdom and the rest is history. We've all been friends since. And so it was such a great natural fit when we were looking for a new sound editor for Adam to join our team. And he so graciously offered not only to help with the sound editing, but also to be a part of our episodes by being our special nifty handy dandy fact checker if we needed him and to give some extra little bits of information as Adam has been to so many cool park events through the years. He is such an interesting and amazing guy and we are so, so excited to have him as part of our team. She took literally every single word out of my mouth. Like I don't even have anything to say because she nailed it. But yes, we are so excited to be adding Adam and let's get into it. Let's get into it. Kate, do you want to tell them what we're talking about today? Okay, so... Wait, or should we let Adam? Should we let Adam announce the topic for today? Yeah, let's do it. We'll let yeah, him. Let's, we'll <laughs> let him do it. Today, we will be talking about the wonderful world of river country. Woohoo! I am so excited to talk about this topic. I I feel like everyone has a pull to river country. Um, everybody is super, super into it and excited about it because it was an abandoned property. Um, and so people really love to learn about it for that reason, which is kind of crazy because when I was doing my research about river country, there were so many more things, so many cool facts about it from the run when it was open that I think it's kind of a shame that, that its abandonment is kind of what it's become known for because there are so many other cool things about river country for us to talk about and we're going to talk about it all today don't worry we will get to the abandonment as well yes i i personally have always really loved the idea behind river country actually not for its abandonment but for the video that i watched in 1996 where they were featuring it as something to do at walt disney world i'd always dreamed about going and then by Mm -hmm. the time i was old enough to think about it it was gone and it was an abandoned part of disney history so um we thought with it being yeah. mid-July, it is summertime. What better way to start this new season than with talking about one of Disney's iconic and since closed 
water parks. Absolutely. Um, Kate, do you want to jump in? Let's jump. Let's dive on into River Country. Let's okay? dive into River Country. So um, River Country opened on June 20th, 1976. So a little less than five years after Magic Kingdom opened um, in the Walt Disney World property. Whenever it opened, a ticket for Magic Kingdom club members cost $4 and general admission was $4.75. Now, I had a good time going on the um, U.S. conversions chart and looking. So today in 2021, we would have paid $18.92 at that $4 rate to get in. That is insane. Still much cheaper than visiting Typhoon Lagoon or Blizzard Beach now. But granted, the park was only six and a half acres. It was 10 times smaller than that of um, Typhoon Lagoon, which would be the next one to follow. The park would later close on November 2nd, 2001. And then um, that permanent closure wasn't announced until five years later, January 20th, 2005. Which is so crazy. It's kind of like one of those things. We've never had another incidence like this, at least that I can think of in Disney history, where something closed and we really got no goodbye. And it was a whole park. You know, like even when they closed, um, I know a lot of people, and we've talked about this before, when they closed um, The Great Movie Ride Mm -hmm. and Ellen's Universe of Energy, it was a very quick closure and people felt like, darn, that was one of my favorite things and I didn't get to say goodbye. So if this was your favorite experience, there was no warning that this was going to close. Well, that's the crazy thing about this is um, in our last season when we talked about the 100 Years of Magic, they were marketing this water park as something to do when you visit. And that's because when it closed on November 2nd, it was closing for the season. It would close in the winter Mm -hmm. and reopen in the spring. So no one thought anything of it closing. And I really think Disney meant to reopen it, but just when it came down to the books in 2002, they said, we need Mm -hmm. to keep this closed. And that's why it it wasn't until 2005 that they finally said, we're not reopening because people just assumed, oh, it's getting refurbished. That's why it's closed Mm -hmm. for the year, you know? Absolutely. I I totally agree with you in that I don't think, and we'll get more into this when we look at at the research, but I don't think that it was you know, when they closed it for the season that last time that they thought, okay, we're never going to reopen this. I agree. Um, I agree. But I was very surprised. So it was, it started being built in 1973. Mm -hmm. And when I watched videos of Imagineers talking about this, they had talked about how this was really the first in its kind. The Imagineer that I was talking to, and let me see, I know I wrote down her name or I thought I had written down her name and the quote, which I'm not seeing, of course. Oh, right here. Kathy Magnum, who was the show producer um, at Uh, Walt Disney Imagineering compared River Country to Disneyland and she compared River Country to Disneyland because she said it was really the first of its kind in the same way that Disney was the first amusement park that really was a theme park and had a theme behind it and and really had this show along with it she was saying how River Country was really the first of its kind in that same way and that River Country was the first really themed water park that existed and so back when this opened this was a huge deal even though it really wasn't that big especially compared to water parks that we know and love today like Typhoon Lagoon and Blizzard Beach it really was the first of its kind and so it was it was a very exciting 
project when when it opened and when it was being built. Yeah, it was. It, it does hold the title of world's first themed water park um, because I know Wet and Wild, the first rendition opened, I want to say within a few years afterwards. Um, and people mm-hmm. tend to forget, you know, they tend to think, oh, well, what about that? But like you said, it was about the theming. It was the fact that it had this 1800 style theming spirit of Huck Finn right out of a Mark Twain book. Yes, that, that was the Disney concept. touch that made it different. And, and I think that's why she compared it to Disneyland yes. to say that, you know, it was it was something that had never been done before that they were doing. And there's just oh, there are so many cool things about about this park. And I'm so excited to get into it. So it opened. Kate, can you repeat the opening day? The opening mm-hmm. date was June 20th, 1976. And so I had that President Ford's daughter was the first person to ride the first attraction. Yes, she was. That was her part in it. There were 700 press in attendance. Cool. Yeah. I think that's really, the, really, really the cool. The whoop and holler slide. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the whoop and Yeah. I think it's also cool. So I, I saw that there was an oil crisis going on at the time and that this was a way that they had were helping to, to build this water park to bring more business to the parks. Exactly. Um, and I looked up a little bit on that. Basically, mm-hmm. um, basically, there was this oil embargo happening. And so they had to, um, they had to end up doing gasoline rationing, um, starting in 1973. And that would eventually be lifted in 1974. But in between then, they had to kind of switch their model to be more veered towards locals, because a lot of people weren't going to be driving cross country during this gasoline mm-hmm. rationing. And, um, and that kind of led to the idea of having something else to do so if people did drive they weren't just going for one day to the theme park they could stay for a few exactly it really did add some value and I think especially having it right there in the water like that's so cool do you imagine looking out for Magic Kingdom and seeing a theme park right there in the water and Kate maybe we need to talk a little bit more about that because I know years ago even when I was a you know a Mm -hmm. pretty big Disney fan I didn't really know anything about about River Country and its location and where it was and I know you know quite a bit about that so the location was um, on Bay Lake, and it was, from what I understand, it was very close to Discovery Island, which at the time was open. We'll have to do an episode on Discovery Island, but basically before, yes. for a short a, a short summary, before they opened Disney's Animal Kingdom, there was this island that was basically like a zoological experience that people could go to and see these birds and other animals called Discovery Island. It was um, right in Bay Lake near Magic Kingdom. It mm-hmm. is now a completely abandoned island, very similar to the River Country situation. So up until it was um, recently demolished, you could see um, the the River Country property if you were traveling to Magic Kingdom by yep. boat. But if you were over by like Fort Wilderness, all of that um, Wilderness Lodge, you could you could get a view. And if you rented the boats, they wouldn't let you get very close to it from what I could hear, because obviously they didn't mm-hmm. want you going there. But you could see the structures of the attractions that were just sitting there being taken over by vegetation. Yeah, and I did that pretty, pretty soon before it was finally demolished. Oh, really? We did. I was on a boat tour and they did actually bring us pretty close to wow. it. And you. It was very hard to see. There was so much overgrowth that it was really hard to see. And there's so many trees over there. And so, you know, towards the end, it was a little more difficult to see. But from videos I've watched Mm -hmm. on YouTube and from things I've seen of people just looking over, I didn't realize until we did research that there was a time when basically there was just 
a small fence essentially yes. separating guests from the from Fort Wilderness and this property. And again, for me, Kate, I think Kate and, and definitely Adam will know more and have spent more time around that area of that resort. But I didn't realize just how close it was to Fort Wilderness like that. So that's actually one of the things about it that led to it eventually closing was that it was not easy to reach, especially after the Fort Wilderness Railroad ended up Mm -hmm. getting shut down in 1980. Basically, the Fort Wilderness Railroad was the easiest way to get to the water park. And then after that, the water park just became a nice perk for anybody staying at the campgrounds because there wasn't a parking lot or anything. It was literally right on Bay Lake. So I can totally understand where people may not even realize it was there because if you didn't know that you needed to trek over there with no transportation, this water park's just just sitting over there. And that's why, you know, Typhoon Lagoon and Blizzard Beach just seemed like a better situation for people to invest in going to for a water park at that time. Absolutely. But yeah, the the train, it was only open from 1974 until 1980. It was not open long at all. And it was it had a three and a half mile route that you would go on and you would stop at various campsites and river country. And basically due to pedestrian safety, noise concerns, maintenance issues, um, Mm -hmm. it would close. Um, It will move to only being operated occasionally in 1977, but it eventually closed in 1980. Some of the train cars, two of them were used as ticket booths at Pleasure Island when that was open in in downtown Disney. So that's how that lived on for a little while. Now they're obviously gone. So let's start at the very beginning because we're jumping around a bunch. Kate, do you want to go through a little bit more of the opening? Because I know you have a lot on that. So as far as opening day, the only thing I had other than Susan um, Ford being a part of the ceremonies was that everybody that attended the opening, they got a wristband and they got a commemorative coin for the grand opening that had the grand opening date on it. But as far as the idea and theming, it was originally supposed to be called Pops Willow Grove, um, and the name was eventually changed to River Country. The whole idea behind this park was um, this water park was to give you like a natural water watering hole type feeling um, with the water still being clean and filtered. So they had a unique water filtering system that was created for um, the main Bay Cove area. So there were two areas. There was Bay Cove and Upstream Plunge. So Upstream Plunge was a chlorinated pool. So it was like a normal pool. And then the big part was Bay Cove. And that's what most people think of where it looks like it's just a natural watering hole. And they used filtered water through a unique filtration system to get water from Bay Lake. And that gave it its natural watering hole vibe. There was also a sandy bottom on that part of the water park. And that concept lives on today at Stormalong Bay if you stay at Yacht and Beach Club. The rock stuff that they did, um, Mm -hmm. that was actually all created by a famous Imagineer. I'm going to totally butcher his name, but Fred... Joger. He has mm-hmm. been a part of the Walt Disney Imagineering since 1953. They pulled him from Warner Brothers and he was mm-hmm. a part of the rock work for um, Disneyland, Magic Kingdom, um, eventually Big Thunder Mountain. So any of those rock formations he was a part of. So he was a part of this as well. Isn't that crazy? Like he was a part of the rock work, which you don't think about, but having rocks look realistic like that is actually very important to many different Disney 
places. Exactly. And I thought it was so cool that they pulled this guy two decades later to come over and work on this six and a half acre water park idea, Mm -hmm. you know, and he came and put in that extra touch that really added to the first theme park theming, a themed water park theming, you know, um, that rock work that stood out. And let us say that when River Country opened, it was very, very popular. Oh, yeah. They were seeing, uh, from one of the things I had seen, they were seeing about 4,700 guests per day. They were. And they were really filling up to maximum capacity. Every, like, they they were really, it was a very popular part of the Walt Disney World experience for, for quite a few years there. So that's part of the reason that they ended up opening Typhoon Lagoon in 1989 because the Disney executives would try to come bring their family to the park and the the water park could only have 5,000 guests a day maximum and they were Mm -hmm. were maxing out every day and they were saying, we want to bring our family to the water park, but, you know, they they couldn't get in. They couldn't have more than 5,000 people. Um, And that's what led to two more water parks getting created. But yeah, it was popular. People loved it. I read countless articles where people talked about that being some of their favorite experiences as a kid when they mm-hmm. were coming my stepdad went oh really as a kid. oh that's he so did cool. and he said that he he really loved it he liked it a lot yeah again it was very popular it was something very new it was right there in the water like this was a really really cool cool idea well i'm just thinking back you know we're talking about basically 50 years ago 45 years ago and they mm-hmm. they had the ideas and tech of eventually technology to be able to create you know a filtration system to be able to use the water from bay lake to make it look virtually like it was all the same water the way they had yes. the water park lifted slightly to where mm-hmm. it looked like the water from the water park was going back into bay lake but none of the bay lake water unfiltered was was going into the water park. I want to make sure people mm-hmm. understand that. But um, I, I just thought it was such a unique concept for decades ago. You know, I could see something like that happening today, but the fact that they were able to take the theming that far and work in both Bay Lake and the Mark Twain, Huck Finn vibe, it just, it was, it's so cool. I, I hate that it ended up just getting abandoned like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And the pipes that they had were really, really high tech. Like mm-hmm. there were a lot of things that for this time were, were huge advancements Um, and it was seen as a really fun place and it's hard because when you go to look up stories and do research on it everything everybody wants to talk about is the abandonment but there really was so much that happened you know many years before it was abandoned so I thought we may just want to touch on like what attractions they had in the park yes absolutely so like I said there were two parts Bay Cove was the main half acre sandy bottom lake it had a tire swing rope swing fun stuff like that um and they Mm -hmm. had the whoop and holler um slide that's where they had the two water slides they emptied into bay cove um and then they had the slippery slide falls those emptied into the upstream plunge that was the chlorinated pool mm-hmm. there was also the white water rapids it was a long inner tube river so if you ever see mm-hmm. photos of goofy on an inner tube that's what that's the white water rapids um they also had the cypress point nature trail so this was just a trail near bay lake 
hike. Um, mm-hmm. So people could go walk around and kind of check out the grounds. Thinking now with all the alligator stuff that happened a few years ago, I mean, that was oh, that so was bad. really a risky situation back then. I'm mm-hmm. thinking about it. Um, okay. And then for kids, they had Indian Springs. That was a splash zone and fountain area. They had a mm-hmm. barrel bridge, just like on Tom Sawyer's Island, where you have the bumping barrels underneath the bridge. And then mm-hmm. last but not least... The ironically named Kitty Cove, it was a kid zone with two water slides, but it was geared towards preteens. That's why I'm saying Kitty Cove, I would think that would be like for yeah. the little kids, but it was for preteens. Yeah, because preteens, that's the last thing they want to be right? called is Kitty. <laughs> yeah. So it, as you can see, the list of attractions was not very long, but um, but it was a good time. I, I would have loved to experience Oh my gosh, if they're Kate and I always talk about and Adam too, (laughs) all the things that we would love to go back to if we could possibly go back in time. Yeah. And it was just such a cool, it was such a cool thing. And people honestly, again, in its heyday, it was very much loved. Like this was something brand new. And when you look at the pictures, it looks like so much fun. Well, it's really cool because it was an 1800s vibe, but being that the 70s was decades before I was alive. It's I just automatically grouped that together as it was a 70s vibe. But thinking back mm-hmm. to for them, they were thinking back on the old, you know, the old simple yeah. times. And for me, I'm thinking of the 70s is the old simple times. So it's it's kind of cool to look back at those pictures, you know, and just to it's, it's cool to think about how the theming time. Yeah, yeah, how the theming impacted it, but also how the 70s impacted it. Exactly. Impacted it. And then the 70s ap- appreciated that vibe, I feel like, which is why yes. that's why the Frontierland oh, aspect and Cowboys and all that was such a big a big thing at that time, I feel like. I love that Goofy was the main. Goofy yes. was like on everything for River Country. I'm currently looking at a picture of him going down one of the slides, yes. which is amazing. Like, I feel like we would never see a character going down a water slide now. Um, but that is so cool. Well, that's what so, was so crazy for me because in my head, I was like, okay, they had him go down the slide, you know, for a commercial. But apparently mm-hmm. he was frequently at the parks, at least for a little oh, while, what? where he would be hanging out, like riding on the slides with people like I saw multiple pictures of him with groups of kids you know experiencing this and I ended up finding a picture of Max and Goofy both in (gasps) in outfits Mm. um I saved it so I could show you guys but it was it was for the later years for something else that they did before they closed that I'll talk about later but the point is he really was so rooted in that park's image um which Mm -hmm. I thought was was a really cool thing Something that wouldn't happen today. (laughs) I think in 1994, from what I saw, they had begun discussing a redesign. Do you have anything on that, Kate? I don't have anything on that. I'd love to hear about this. What? Okay. I I hope I have enough notes because there was so much on this and it was a little bit confusing. So I want to make sure I'm getting you guys the right stuff. And I will try to find the documents and the videos that I was looking at to put in the show notes. I will really try my best. Perfect. But basically in 1994, when Wilderness Lodge was first discussed, it was supposed to include Fort Wilderness and include Disney's Buffalo Junction, which would have been connected to River Country, um, which I guess would have been on on top of what we know as Pioneer Hall. Um, Okay. And so that expansion was supposed to be like an expansion and a rebranding of River Country. And it was supposed to include like a new area of river country and I wish I had written it down I'm gonna try to google it really quick or Adam if you want to jump in and try to google it but around 1994 the park was just getting 
it was really popular and they were trying to figure out what to do. Um, and it was going to be a secondary, they were basically going to expand like Wilderness Lodge and Fort Wilderness and all of that. I guess this basically would have connected them all. And again, for me, it's very difficult to like envision land in that way, but it was supposed to be something called Disney's Buffalo Junction. And it was supposed to add like a new area to Disney's river country that I think from what I remember was supposed to be, I don't know if it was supposed to be more water rides or if it was supposed to be more of like a little carnival, like a, like a frontier land S carnival ish theme, I think is what they were, were going to go for. And while Kate chats a little bit, I know Adam is doing some Googling for us. Um, it was it was very confusing because again it never came to be and it was it was a video kind of talking about like how it was a different plan and I think it was supposed to be I don't want to say a boardwalk theming but that like like an old western town kind of a vibe okay. is what Buffalo Junction was supposed to have and then it was supposed to have an ex- um, an expansion of River Country and this was in 1994 that they were kind of discussing this. That's kind of crazy because um, only a few years later, they would end up switching to having these this thing called the All-American Water Party. Did you see anything on that? Yes, I saw a little bit, but I don't have that much information on it. But I did see some really cool pictures of Goofy when we were talking about him being kind of like the mascot. Um, and I did see some cool buttons. And that was in, did you say 96, right? 98. 98. Yeah, I was that one of the buttons looked so, so cool. And I saw a picture of Goofy wearing that hat, like an American themed hat. So I, I saw a glimpse. I saw like a blip about this somewhere. And I was like, let me see if I can find anything else. So I thought this was just like a 4th of July on 4th of July, they would do this like sack races, tug of war barbecue. No, this was same concept as with Pleasure Island, where it was New Year's Eve every night. It was every single day was 4th of July. That's what this was. So All-American Water Party, the concept was every single day was 4th of July. So they would have barbecue, tug of war, sack races. They had mini Pluto, Chippendale, and Goofy all in like American outfits. So I, when I heard this, I had to laugh because all I can think back to is Pleasure Island and how they said, celebrate, you know, New Year's every night. So, of course, another aspect of Walt Disney World property mm-hmm. would be celebrating a different holiday every single day, which thinking back, it's kind of smart because so many people know that they can't come on the actual holiday, but to go mm-hmm. on vacation and experience New Year's Eve or Fourth of July with characters and stuff, it's kind of cool. That's what they do at um, Give Kids the World. Oh, really? For for kind of a more sad reason. But for those of you who yeah. have never been, yeah, definitely never consider been. if you're down here volunteering your time or your money. But Give Kids the World is a resort here in the Orlando area where children who are terminally ill um, can stay for like their wish trip and they get tickets to Disney and to SeaWorld and Universal. And they have like a party where they celebrate like I think Christmas. Yeah. I think they do maybe a couple other holidays, but I know for a fact Christmas. And so each kid gets to stay for a week. And in that week, they will get to experience Christmas and when I went they said it was for the really sad reason that some kids won't get to be there for Christmas which absolutely shattered my heart of course but I think it's really fun that they do that on a happier note I found some stuff on Fort Wilderness Junction I don't know if Adam found anything mine is a very small little bit but it says and I'm very proud of myself for how much I remembered so Fort Wilderness Junction also referred to as the Buffalo Junction Resort which is what I called it originally was supposed to be a 600 room hotel at the Walt Disney River Resort in Florida between Fort Wilderness and Disney's Wilderness Lodge so again it was supposed to kind of connect the two and the additional piece of information that I had read and, and wrote down originally was that it was supposed to be where right now we know 
know, um, Pioneer Hall is. And these two resorts aren't connected right now, correct? Fort Wilderness and, and Wilderness Lodge are not connected. They're not. No, they aren't. That's the thing. They're not. So the plans for the hotel were announced by the Walt Disney Company as part of the Disney Decade. Wow. Um, in which we've talked we about the Disney, the Disney decade, decade before. Our boy Mikey. <laughs> yeah. We know we have to we know we have to talk about Michael Eisner. So during the Disney decade, there were all these different things happening where Michael Eisner was really, really trying to make the Walt Disney Company like really big again and really mm-hmm. a part of people's lives. And he did that by adding things to cities around the world, to reinvigorating the um the animation departments and adding more to the parks. And so this was supposed to be a part of that. I know there were many many other things announced that never happened. But this one is one that I really wish did because it sounds very cool. And again, I'm very impressed um, with this, um, is that the hotel was, like I said, when I was like, I don't want to call it the boardwalk, but it was. It was. I was right. It was supposed to be similar to the boardwalk near Epcot, but themed in the Old West with horses and dusty streets and things like that. So I'm really, really proud of myself because I I was like, wait, did I make that up? Um, No, that's awesome. That was supposed to be there. And with that, and I think Adam Adam is going to jump in. I think with that, there was supposed to be an expansion of River Country. And Adam, Adam is about to jump in. But Adam, if you could also talk about, so this, this expansion was supposed to be built where um, Pioneer Hall is. And I know you know a little bit more about this, but Pioneer Hall is very close to where River Country was. Correct, Adam? Yes, it was. Yeah, a lot of the information I found was basically what you said. Um, And here it says that the plans for this Buffalo Junction section, you know, the 600-room resort and all that, were shelved in 1992 when recession struck and the disastrous debut of Disneyland Paris threw a number of projects into doubt, you know, starting with this one and, Mm -hmm. and many others. That makes sense. So, and that's weird because I had seen somewhere else that redesign was talked about in 1994, but what I must have seen, I think Adam is right. And I think the information I saw originally is probably wrong because 1994 just seems late, seems late in the game. The weird thing for me about the 1994 was that Blizzard Beach opened in 1995. So they were definitely constructing a much Mm -hmm. bigger water park in 1994 and probably 1993. So I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up shelving this idea and saying, let's Mm -hmm. just build a bigger and better third water park with parking lots and it'll be something else we can sell more expensive tickets you know what i mean i think that's probably Mm -hmm. what because they ended up opening boardwalk in 1996 too so they they did similar concepts but they just probably did it where they felt like they could get more money is what it sounds like but that's crazy i've never heard of the buffalo junction situation at all Yeah, and it was supposed to have and i wish i could find it i know it was a video i watched but they they were going to call this expansion of river country something okay it, it was basically like a, I don't want to say carnival but it was basically that where it was I think it was going to be more carnival-esque rides that were going to be right there because as Adam and I talked about it, it was kind of where this connection would have been is is right where river country was and this would have reinvigorated river country so if this had opened would uh, this would river country would still have still been be open, open. I don't know. I mean, they would have had to do a major, listen, this was built in the seventies. They would have had to do a major refurb at some point, but yeah, if they had built the expansion of this hotel, um, and they had built Buffalo Junction or whatever you want to call it, it went by a few different names, you know, would River Country still be there? Because they probably would have done, you know, in the nineties built not only the expansion, but done some really, really cool upgrades to River Country as well. 
Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about it later, the eventual demise, but I feel like that might have been what could have salvaged the idea mm-hmm. if they had an easier way for people yeah. to get there. They could have yes, probably charged absolutely. a lot more for those rooms, too, because they would have had such close access to they that would have extra had, It would have been like the pool. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I think that was the problem is that it was so small. Mm-hmm. So if they were expanding that resort and they were connecting two resorts, River Country would have essentially been like almost like that resort's extra pool. And, you yeah. know, I know we're going to talk about this as we go on and continue to talk about um, – the eventual demise of River Country, but yeah. it was very small, like 4,700 guests, like Kate said, around 5,000 mm-hmm. people. That is so small. And it was okay in the 70s when the only thing that was at the resort was Fort Wilderness, um, Polynesian, Contemporary, and Magic Kingdom. Like, mm-hmm. it, and, and, and then they had golfing. Yeah. Yeah, and a little bit of golfing. Did they have that area that was originally like what Disney Springs is now? Did they have a little bit of that shopping or See, was it not that's included? the thing. The Village Marketplace, I feel like I didn't start hearing about that till the 80s. But mm-hmm. it, it may have been there, but I don't think it was till the 80s. Adam is putting yeah, up his Adam finger, is, so he's going to yeah, check. Yeah, he's looking. But, he's looking. But I'm pretty sure it was more of an 80s, 90s mm-hmm. situation. Um, but I did want to talk about one quick little blip from 1977 that I'm yes, not sure absolutely. if you had or not. <gasps> Wait, I think I I think I do. I think you probably do. So the mouse. Yes, yes. <laughs> so the only reason I want to bring this up, because besides the fact that it's really cool, is that you could watch this on Disney Plus right now, y'all. It's on Disney Plus. Yeah. What? Yes. So this is something that what? actually is on Disney Plus. And guys, I'm shameless off to plug, go watch this right now. Shameless plug, but I included it in my list of Disney parks content that you can watch on Disney Plus. So it's on that list if you want to go there. Um, yes. So, th- so basically, the 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 newer version of the Mickey Mouse Club at that point in time in the '70s mm-hmm. visited River Country for an episode of the show called "The Mouseketeers at Walt Disney World," and yes. um, the portion featured footage of the water park, and they even sang a song about it, which. I love mm-hmm. and and that's what plays rent free in my mind anytime I think of River Country. Um, but obviously, this was just a big part of the idea of getting people that want to travel back to Disney after this oil embargo and you mm-hmm. know the gas shortage. Totally makes sense to put this special on TV and have kids saying, "Oh, there's a water park now. There's a you know, there's mm-hmm. a theme park now. We've got to go, Mom." Oh, absolutely. And yeah. I think so. I was super into Disney Channel, and I remember for me, it was the opening of um, uh, it was the opening of Mount Everest that they showed in between commercials on yes. Disney Channel that made me just want to go to Walt Disney World so badly. I think it was like the movie surfers or whoever they had at the time. Mm-hmm. But this was huge. And and the new Mickey Mouse Club run, I believe, started in 1977 and went to 1979, this syndication yeah. of that, the new Mickey Mouse Club. And so it was really popular. So what a great marketing strategy to have them come, to have them visit, to have these kids that kids look up to enjoying the parks and enjoying river country and i think adam has an update on our fact our fact finding mission perfect yes so (laughs) disney springs originally opened as lake buena vista shopping village in on march 22nd 1975 wow so that was a a year and three months before river country even opened so so that was there in a a much different capacity than the disney springs we know today obviously yeah absolutely i think it was was smaller just three and a half years after magic kingdom opened Okay. Wow. And then then the next version must have been the village marketplace thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Cuz I know it went through a bunch of name changes over the years. 
It opened in 1975 as Lake Buena Vista Shopping Village. Mm -hmm. In 1997, it was renamed to Walt Disney World Village. In 1989, it became Disney Village Marketplace. In 1997, it became Downtown Disney. And then in uh, 2015, it became what we know today as Disney Springs. Wow. Downtown Disney was the perfect name. And I as loved much as I love Downtown Disney, Disney Springs so much better. And I love the refurbishment and I understand mm-hmm. why they wanted to revamp the name. Downtown Disney is just the cutest. Like it's just perfect. It but I guess we still have it in California. Yeah. But anyway... As we digress, as we do. Um, So they're really, even with that shopping center open, you know, it wasn't huge. It wasn't the Disney Springs we know today. So there really wasn't a ton of stuff going on at Walt Disney World in in the way we know today. So having a space that was open for 4,700, 5,000 people was adequate. But as the years started going by and Epcot opened in 82 and, you know, it started to become small as there were more and more guests who wanted to, to go. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's the sad truth. Now, I'm sure we're going to discuss the amoeba situation, correct? Yeah. And the, there were two other I, drownings oh, I, yes. at the park as well, yes. which is so sad. Um, is there any more of the good stuff we want to share? I know. Oh, I, I remember another okay. marketing piece that I loved. Yeah. Was Kate and I watched a few years ago, and I'll write this down in my notes to put it in the show notes, but the 25th anniversary of Walt Disney World, it, this was still open. Yeah. Do you remember that? It was open till the 100 Years of Magic, too. Yes. So, so through for, the oh, 30th. Duh. Yeah. It was duh. it was open. It so. was open for quite a while. Yeah. <laughs> but so I was saying, do you remember when we watched there was a huge 25 25th anniversary video and they had a lot of stars at the time and we're, we're oh, planning on doing yeah, an yeah, episode yeah, yeah, yeah. on, okay, on okay, sitcoms. Okay. Um, but my favorite sitcom, Boy Meets World, they had the characters from Boy Meets World at River Country enjoying River Country. Um, and so that was really, really cool. And again, that shows that even at the 25th anniversary, they were really was pushing thriving. this as a big yeah. experience because to be showing the characters from Boy Meets World, like I now, how many years later, I'm, I'm like, well, you know, if Corey and Sean <laughs> went, I want to go. go. So yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, no, that, yeah. that's the- you guys watch that without me when I specifically <laughs> ask you not to. I don't even I'm I don't even know if Kate knew you yet when we watched That's that true. together and we You know what? I, I'm pretty sure the, the weekend yes. that you made Kate and I That's hang out, I'm pretty it. sure the night before we all hung out, you texted me and you're like, Oh yeah, Kate and I are just at the yes. uh, at my apartment watching I think the it was that weekend. Yeah. Video. yeah, you're right. Yeah, so, so it was I need to watch to that again today. But you still watch yeah, it without we me. need to watch need it to again. Watch it well again you today. know we will watch it again when we do our twenty fifth anniversary episode. You know we're gonna watch it again. But amazing. So it's true though because for us it's so hard to imagine a time when this was thriving but it really mm-hmm. was for two decades after it opened it was still considered a main attraction it was much more of a hassle for people to get to if you weren't staying mm-hmm. at the resort at the campgrounds but it was still and it was still something they were marketing in all of their vacation guides and anything yeah. else we have three water parks you know three and and they I think they liked having the three water parks because this one had such a different theme than the mm-hmm. other two and i think that's why Absolutely. blizzard beach and typhoon lagoon have such polar opposite themes in my opinion is because mm-hmm. they wanted all three to be a reason for people to go to all three absolutely so I, absolutely yeah. and i think yeah. you know it really was very successful for for such a long time it really was such a cool place to be and and um 
And I think it's crazy because one of the reasons that I saw that they had thought about building it was that the train was a reason that they had like already had the train. So it was it made a lot of sense. And then it's crazy that that ends up being a part of of its demise as well. Yes. So the train already existed for about three years before that. So yeah, I could totally see the exec saying, we already have this train. Let's Mm -hmm. give them somewhere to go. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I guess as everything got more popular, if they had 4,700 guests a day, imagine all that foot traffic walking around the train and stuff and having to worry about the pedestrians. And it was just Mm -hmm. more of a headache than anything. Absolutely. I'd love to go walk those grounds and see. I'm sure Uh. the tracks aren't there anymore but like you know no, to just everything see. is like gone yeah well obviously point. not the park but like the w- fort wilderness yeah, yeah, grounds yeah. like i haven't been there just in to see decades. what we could i know yeah. i haven't been there in so long and especially i haven't been there through the lens of, of thinking yes. about this and thinking about okay like what was here before which we've talked about in episodes before kate and i love yeah. doing that so i definitely think we have to to go there one day and do that and um there but is- i think there is still a remnant of River Country at Fort Wilderness um, at their pool. They have the old water tower at the... Yes, yes. they so do. we can go look for that. So cool. <laughs> we have to book a stay just to like go yes, in their pool just to do definitely. that. But I think, I think we have to start, unfortunately, talking about River Country, um, River Country's demise. Well, that's that's the whole reason I want to talk about these incidents and the amoeba thing, because so many people that don't understand the River Country timeline think that this park closed because of the amoeba situation. But what they don't realize is the the amoeba it was a perfect death storm happened. Well, this happened 20 years, 21 years before the park closed. So it definitely yeah. isn't the reason the park closed. No. Um, and that's what I want to point out. You know, it was August of 1980. And this poor 11 year old boy who visited the park, he's from New York. Um, the only water he'd been in recently was at River Country. So that's how they were able to mm-hmm. confirm it was from that. But he got this amoeba that entered through his nasal passage and eventually ended up getting to his nervous system and brain. And he, he did... He did end up dying, but the thing was, it wasn't, um, it didn't ever happen again after that. There were all the other victims that they had within the state that had, and I say all the other, there were three others at that, mm-hmm. in that year, you know, they were all in different areas. When I was doing research on it, you yeah. know, it said that this only is in fresh bodies of water yes. or like lakes, which, which is very filtered. strange because even though, yeah, this water was filtered, this was like a very, very it was rare a freak situation. shot in the dark, freak situation. Exactly. It freak situation. And a, when it, about, I think when I was looking, they said, about like seven or eight people a year die from this kind of amoeba. So mm-hmm. even now, and it might be even less now. It was so just like this a PR was a very, nightmare, honestly. Yeah, a very, very weird thing to happen. And that poor boy, anytime I you know. hear of a death on vacation. Of course. But or a death at a place that we love so much, it really is heartbreaking. I did just want to highlight it, though, because I know a lot of people mm-hmm. think, oh, it's abandoned because of the fresh flesh-eating oh, amoeba. And it's like, no, dude, mm-hmm. it was around for 20 years after that. It wasn't that. But they're, you like, hear that all the time. That, yeah. Oh, yeah. They the brain-eating amoeba. That's yes. why they closed oh, it. And yes. it's like, no, it's not. Um, and then, it's not. like you said, there were two other incidents where people, where boys drown, and you know, mm-hmm. it's both of these also happened 
in the 80s. Um, so it still was open for, you know, 20 years after. But the first one was in 1982, yeah. 14-year-old boy. Um, it sounds like they were both this kind of the same situation with the whoop and holler hollow slide, um, mm-hmm. the slide area. And for that particular case in 1982, when they went to court, um, a River Country lifeguard testified in court saying that per day, about 75 people needed assistance after riding mm-hmm. the slide. Even though it says strong swimmers only, it's clear that 75 people were affected trying to, you know, the currents were Get just out too strong. Day. Yeah. And the water, the water was supposed to be, you know, as this was supposed to be quote unquote lake water, mm-hmm. although was filtered it was a little darker which did make it difficult for lifeguards it's not a pool you know it is a little bit more difficult for them to see and so that you know that definitely had an impact on on these two children who passed away so but with the first incident the parents ended up getting awarded three hundred and seventy five thousand dollars for this case nothing yeah that's that's nothing well i'd love to look up the inflation pricing i almost did and i didn't but then you know it was only seven years later that they had the the second drowning. And I guess mm-hmm. since they didn't have any, but it, yeah. it just goes to show in all of those years it was open, you know, there were only three of these in- incidents that happened. Um, so and water parks to I, me, yeah. I'm, I've always, I yeah. almost drowned as a water park. So for anyone who's ever heard of Action Park, which we'll have to do oh an episode gosh, on Action, Action Park, park. Yeah. I almost drowned at Action Park as a kid. Oh um, it wasn't called Action Park at the time. It's been, and for huge theme park people who know action park it was a theme park in new jersey in the 80s where basically it was a badge of honor if you got like hurt there my dad talks about well we'll have to have my dad on for the episode about action park and my uncle because they went all the time as kids um but it was a very 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 dangerous water park and when I was a kid, it was rebranded as Mountain Creek. And it's still, even in the past few years, goes back and forth from Action Park and Mountain Creek. But it was Mountain Creek. I went there on a day trip with my camp and in the wave pool, I almost oh died. And when I worked as a, as a camp counselor years later and we went with the kids, I was so protective of them. I just think water parks in general are so dangerous because they it's really not like are. a ride where you can sit in it and you're just in a cart and, and it's all controlled. Anything can happen like when your body is on a slide. But I think Adam has something that he wants to add. So, Adam, over to you. Yes. So, in 1982, $375,000 converted to today in 2021 is about $1,046,000. Okay. So, it was it was a significant – I would say for them it was a significant amount of money. But for a but death. Still, but I guess because no. I think the reason that they probably didn't have to pay as much is because there was signage that there it was. said like strong swimmers only and like don't come on this if you can't swim. So that's probably why it wasn't for like, me. I, I don't know. I would just I imagine still saw millions. it as a as a win for the family because Disney was they covered themselves with having the signs. And I'm sure that having that lifeguard that testified is what won them the money in this in this situation. But that's yeah, that's crazy. And I just want to clarify, Kate probably doesn't mean a win because no, they no, no, lost no, no. their child. No, she means I don't just mean that it like a that. lot of times companies get out, get out of having to pay well, in, anything because they have In the court system, there's a, isn't there a winner and a loser? That's what I mean. Like yes, I'm saying yes, they won the case. Saying. That's what I'm yes. saying. They won the case. Yes. I thought that And was I knew that's what you were saying. I just wanted to <laughs> yeah, clarify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. to clarify the win. But yes, yeah, so these two boys passed away. It was very sad. But the last event of a, of a boy passing away way was again years before the park closed exactly exactly so that's why i wouldn't even consider this 
a part of the demise. I just feel like it needs to be mentioned since I know mm-hmm. a lot of people do not understand the timeline of what happened. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it is seen. People do think that that is the reason for the park closure. And we don't think it is because it just was so many years before the park closed. Yes. Um, you know, I think the park closure if I had to guess, had to come down to just location, 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 the fact that they Mm -hmm. have two new water parks that are easier to reach, and just ultimately the tourism crash, and they didn't have the budget to refurbish it and reopen it after that Mm -hmm. season it closed. Again, it was the perfect storm. Perfect storm, yeah. Let's jump into all of that, to that perfect storm. Let's set the stage for us. Okay, the year is 2001. (laughs) It is November 2nd. They are closing for their season and the world is not really in the best place. There's it's we're starting to see the effects of the 9-11 situation. And even though it's 100 years of magic, even though it's the 30th anniversary, things people just aren't traveling the way that they were expecting when they planned all of this. So the new the new spring season rolls around. River Country doesn't reopen, but people aren't mm-hmm. worried. They said they're thinking, oh, they're just refurbishing it. You know, no big deal. So it wasn't until January 20th, 2005, that Disney had someone come out and say it is permanently closed. It will not be reopening. And I, and I did see somewhere in like 2002 or something yeah. like that, that a Disney executive, the only like addressing of it was that they said, we'll reopen it if we see the, the oh, need, if we see the want okay, from okay, consumers. Okay. If we, And honestly, I think even that, it was just too much of this perfect storm. So mm-hmm. we have less people going to Walt Disney World. But at the same time, even though less people are going, this park is still not meant to handle the amount of people that they have. It was you built, get there. you know... You can't get there. It's difficult to get there. It was built years and years before. And I don't know if you have anything about the changes to the Florida water, the changes to the requirements. Um, I didn't write anything down, but I did see that when I was researching. So I'll let you take the reins on this. So I don't have a ton. And again, okay. it, really, even in the research I had, there mm-hmm. wasn't, I didn't do, there wasn't a ton of like anything really specific, but apparently regulations on water in pools changed in Florida. And so it would have required them to do some kind of refurbishment, some kind of yeah. something. Um, and the park just wasn't really up to that. And again, it doesn't really make sense for them to try to keep pushing this park that, that, you know, people can't get major to. refurbishment. People can't get to, there's not as many people people coming to the parks and the park is old like mm-hmm. it's getting old at this point it's age you know, is showing because, yeah yes absolutely yeah well that makes sense I, I remember reading about the about the changes in the regulations but I just I didn't go back and get anything else but that does make sense I mean like you said perfect storm if they've got those issues going on they aren't getting the traffic to the parks in general right now because of the tourism crash and just the fact that they have these other two perfectly good water parks that they don't need to do any refurbishments on it makes Mm -hmm. sense you know i don't think like we said before i don't think when they closed for the season they really thought they were going to close forever but i guess just as time went on they were like well now we have to hire back the, the cast members to be you know to run it yeah and, and again it's the, the longer it sits and, there yeah the longer it sits there you know the yeah. grosser it gets and it's crazy because i did see some videos so again for me it's really hard because i wasn't there during this time and i haven't spent all that much time at fort wilderness mm-hmm. but right there where it was open in the first few years that it had been open and there there is video of this Mm -hmm. is there were just kind of fences up 
And people could look, you know, kind of like the walls we see in Epcot right now, you know, the construction walls that we see in Disney, but they weren't like people were able to to see around them and see the park and, and the water and everything just kind of sitting there. They had that up until when they demolished it, though. They had basically just like a chain link fence that had like, I think, a green tarp situation over it i know adam spent more time in that area than we did so he can verify but the video footage and stuff i saw at least from like 2015 and beyond like people could hold their camera up over the fence you know and see the the water park just covered in the wildlife and vegetation and just being completely overgrown which for me is crazy and i guess they got away with that because they knew people had forgotten about this park by 20 by 2015 except for the weirdos like us that love the history you know when they were going to mickey's backyard barbecue which is what was over there for i think Mm -hmm. it's closed now but that's what was over there for the years after so people didn't think anything of that they're just going i think also another really interesting thing i saw that i hear people talking about a lot is that the park lights and the park music was left on and people were like oh it's so weird and so the reason that they did that is because technically part of river country apparently and again i I wasn't there for this so it's hard for me to verify but according to what i've seen part of what was technically the front of river country the bathrooms and some Mm -hmm. of the little shops yeah were still open to guests operating under the guise of Fort Wilderness and being in that Mickey's barbecue area. And so that's why the music was was still playing in River Country and the lights were still on was because it was probably on the same, I'm not an electrician, yeah. exactly, that like makes the sense. same breaker or whatever it's called for the front end of the park. So when people were near that front end of the park, they would see, oh my gosh, the lights in River Country and the water in River Country are still on. But really it was because part of the front part of River Country was still open to guests, but just as Fort Wilderness, but it still technically was part of the front of River Country. Yeah, from what I understand, basically like the changing rooms area and stuff that was at the front of River Country mm-hmm. was repurposed as like extra bathrooms and stuff for like yeah. the hoop doo review and the Mickey's Barbecue. Thing. And people would pass so, through what yeah. had once been the um entrance had once area, been yeah. the ticket booth mm-hmm. and the entrances to travel to those properties. So it was it was honestly right there and the videos from the first few years are so crazy of the pools just people looking beyond because I've seen a lot of the videos where people were talking about it from you know years later and they snuck in and it was really abandoned but the first couple of years were crazy when it was just kind of open yeah and I've seen like you know people say you know the the fence was was chain linked but it wasn't locked like it was you know they just weren't monitoring that area over there mm-hmm. um and I'm sure and especially gonna... cast members can't just stand there exactly. it's all the way toward like that, that doesn't it's make sense it's in the middle of so. nowhere yeah exactly and I'm sure we're gonna touch on like urban explorers or whatever but yeah well let's get into that now yeah let's go i mean basically for those who don't know what an urban explorer is these are people who travel and visit and usually youtube um Mm -hmm. abandoned places break into illegally which that's one thing i will say we do not support that concept but you can go on youtube and look up abandoned river country and find tons of videos and stuff where people people like walking in the slides which is so dangerous so Mm -hmm. scary especially because you have no idea like that that property had been sitting abandoned I mean and by the time not only was it sitting yes. abandoned but it had, was built in the 70s like to be walking in a like you have no idea 
you have no idea what's what's going to happen. And that was another thing I heard from a lot of people. And I'm sure, you know, we're going to start talking about this. But a lot of people were for many years like, oh, why didn't Disney just tear River Country down? It's so irresponsible. It did take quite a few years for them to drain the pools. And obviously... That became probably a must-have due to the fact that guests were right on the other side of the walls, and those pools are, are a cesspool for for yes. bugs and and mosquitoes. Mosquito so the pools got room. drained. But from what I read was that as we talked about earlier, you know, some of the things that were great about the park ended up being a part of its demise. Is that yeah. a lot of the pumps and systems that they had in place to tear them down was very expensive. They were within so we're the in rock this work. time. Yeah. Yes. So they were within the rock work. They were kind of like not underneath the park, but hidden. But for them to remove this stuff, it wasn't just, all right, well, let's take a bulldozer and let's take some sand and fill in some It was a Monsanto house situation. It was not going to be an easy demise. No. (laughs) And it was, again, we were thinking of this time when they're trying to get the Disney decade off the ground and they have these celebrations, but at the same time, they're struggling financially. Not as many people are coming to the parks. And so the destruction of a theme park is Probably not what they're willing to put no. their money into. It's not making them any money, so no, they're yeah, not do that. especially because I think they're really. I, I like to think there was for some years there some thought of okay, are we going to expand? Are we going to open this little do hotel? Something. Are we yeah. going to do something with it? And I think you know, as the years and years went by, it just became okay. Well, there's no way that we're going to be able to do anything with it. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think I don't think long into like five years 10 years after they weren't anymore but you know (laughs) by then it came down to we have this much money to spend are we going to spend it on this this water park that no one even realizes is there or Mm -hmm. you know to tear it down or should we put a mission you know a new ride or whatever into it i never understand why people okay so first of all i always say like even when disney does things that we don't understand working for the walt disney company on the more corporate side opened my eyes up to so many things where i was like oh my gosh i never would have thought of that as an issue and there really are so many roadblocks as as operating as a business or land like there are a million reasons and I always say to people even when there's a Disney decision that I'm like what the heck I'm always like there's normally a method to the madness because there are so many things that as a consumer you would never even think of would never enter your mind as being an issue Um, and so I just I I don't understand when people like there are a lot of people who I've heard get so mad about Mm -hmm. the fact that they left River Country there or Body Wars that um, you know Body Wars was left there I've heard Disney fans get like mad about it and I'm honestly like I don't understand like why are you mad that they didn't gut this thing that belonged to them like I just I don't know for me I don't understand that way of thinking at all like what is there to be mad about like I mean I will say for me as somebody who lives in a state who has an abandoned theme park just sitting there for almost two decades now I do I know growing up I was definitely somebody who, when I thought of abandoned stuff at Disney just sitting there, I was like, why is this just sitting there? Why didn't they do something? Mm-hmm. I don't I don't necessarily want them to demolish it, but I wanted them to do something with, with the area. Mm-hmm. But now the older I get, the more I've opened my thinking, maybe with having a business background, business of my own and understanding expenses and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's easy on the outside to say, oh, they should be doing this, this and this. But 
no one truly understands like those within a company who are looking at the numbers, who are looking at we can make yeah. money with this money. And I think here, also you know? I understand when people like listen when we talk about like parks and rec yeah. and there's yeah, that yeah, empty yeah. lot and it's ruining yeah. the town. Yeah. Or even I understand for you like that theme park is connected to a lot of bad memories and it's really just like a big like you can see it. You know what I mean? But these yeah. things you were, were pretty this. hidden. Like Same you couldn't see body wars. Life. You couldn't yeah. see rivers of yeah. Like you really couldn't see it. So why people got so mad that it was still there I was like why do you care well for Um, me yeah for me with wonders of life I I would rather and I still would rather to be able to go in there in general and know in my mind like oh these attractions used to be there I wasn't mm -hmm. angry that cranium command was still sitting behind the wall that didn't aggravate me I was just happy to be able to go in the building um and like you said 99% of the people there had no idea cranium command even existed and you know what I'm so so jealous the girl on my on my team my last job was at Epcot in internal communication and they did the cast party the year before I got there in the Wonders of Life Pavilion and the girl on my team said that she had got to go and look at Cranium Command and they had been taken back there to look at it and to see it and I was like I want to light myself on fire that I wasn't here a year earlier because I would have loved that but that was my least favorite answer like I felt I don't know working at the company when the whole thing happened and we'll have to dive into this on a later episode but with Cranium Command and the theft it almost felt like something personal had been like taken from I don't know it was very weird and I heard a lot of people saying like well then they shouldn't have left it there like no no, how is that a thing like it's their property Disney is private property. It's a heavily secured area. Like 99% of the people did not even know that that was there. And you're, it is an area backstage. You're not supposed to be back there. Yeah. And there's plenty of signs that say you're not. Their stuff was completely Mm -hmm. safe back there. Um, Yeah. I, I agree with you on that. See, I'm weird. I love the fact that there's abandoned stuff at Disney. Do I want yeah. it to stay abandoned forever? No. No, because like, I want new A things. part of me was very happy when they eventually did demolish the area and they had plans of doing something. But, you know, the, knowing that there's a part of Disney that's just paused, and that's how I am about Six Flags New Orleans. I think yeah. it's crazy cool to be able to drive by mm-hmm. and see the Megazeff just sitting there, like, paused in yeah. time, you know? But yeah. I, that's the thing. I think people need to just realize that it's so much more than what we see at face value of situations yeah, there's like so that. much into it there's so, so much that goes into it so yeah i mean that's that's what i have to say about that's it that. yeah river river country sat there for a few years and it was not very Over long decade, ago yeah. that it was that it was taken down yeah, so um, I've, I found, I went and looked it up. It looks like demolition began somewhere in March 2019, and mm-hmm. they looked like they were finished with that part of the process by April of that year. So mm-hmm. it took them about a month. But you have to think from 2001 to 2019, that's a long time. That's almost 20 years that that mm-hmm. sat there. You know, yeah. it's crazy. It's just crazy. Absolutely crazy. And the, the reason that they took it down is because they finally had a reason to. They announced that Reflections, this new hotel, was going to be placed on top. Now, since COVID, we haven't heard anything about that so, anywhere. Um, I haven't. Yeah, the only thing I could find was basically saying that the idea is canceled. So I don't know if it's canceled forever, but it's at yeah. least been tabled for a while um i did want to just COVID tabled a lot of things like exactly. spaceship earth the refurbishment of that is completely tabled yeah. um and so it doesn't mean that it's never going to happen no i honestly i have to say 
I was not, and I never speak badly about the Walt Disney Company, yeah. like because I just think it's unnecessary and I love yeah. so many of the things they do. So this is not a slight, this is a personal preference. Reflections was not my favorite design. I no. understand why they went in the direction they did with the design of it, but I would be so much happier if we saw something like a nod to the Buffalo Junction or like a nod to a River Country themed hotel something reflections was beautiful it was very very beautiful it just wasn't as themed and I personally again this is a personal preference would love to see something a little bit more themed in that area a little bit more to the you know what we saw that was tabled in the Disney decade and it's kind of funny that a hotel basically on the same property has been tabled twice now Mm -hmm. for economic economic struggles ground yes seriously like economic struggle economic struggles outside of the hands of the company have created have had this idea tabled of hotels there for for quite some time at this point. Just hoping that we see something eventually, eventually one day on that ground. And I hope that it really fits into the storytelling of Fort Wilderness, Wilderness Lodge, um, and River Country. And I hope that it connects all three of them. I want Buffalo Junction. I think another hotel that's kind of like the boardwalk, but fits that theming and has that old Western town would be so cool. I think guests would love that. I agree. All I was going to say before that was, um, I don't know if you saw anything about Project 89 anywhere. <gasps> Project right? 89. I know. I that's why not. I have to bring this up. So um, basically in 2018, that's when Disney themed news blogs and stuff started getting like perking their ears up like oh something's going on with the river country Mm -hmm. area because back in 2018 Walt Disney World was filing permits under the name Project 89 for the river country area and so that's how we got I have to pause you I'm sorry it is crazy how much stuff that people find on blogs and that's one thing that a blog that I won't even mention on here because I hate them so much I won't even mention their name because they don't deserve it they are worms um but they literally, like the things that Disney tries to keep a secret that they go through and find. The other day on Twitter, I don't remember which outlet, but they were like going through the coding on the My Disney Experience platform and found this, this, and this referencing fast passes. Like, what could that mean? And somebody was like, it could literally just be an old code, yeah. like for something that already existed in the past. Like, but it is crazy. Like, I don't even know how to do that. That's why I guess I could never be a super successful sleuthy, like crazy Disney blogger. But yes, go well, on. It wasn't just I just them. had to get that caveat. It wasn't just them. This is a public knowledge situation. If yeah, you know where absolutely. to look, you can find permits. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. People and Disney bloggers and the Orlando Sentinel look out for permits from Disney all the time because why wouldn't they yeah so I guess for me the reason I was mentioning it was that it was called project 89 um but basically these were soil tests so that kind of let people know in 2018 that these soil tests are usually run for when they're Mm -hmm. trying to test land to build a resort or something so in in 2018 people were kind of getting a hint that something was coming so when we had the announcement in 19 I mean 2019 that we were getting reflections or we were supposed to be getting reflections to be Mm -hmm. opening in 2022 um I just thought it was interesting that they were calling it project 89 I wish we knew why it was being called that yeah you never know and honestly most of the time you never know the names of things like normally they don't announce publicly like the private and even when I was working at Epcot and again I would never share anything that I learned while I was at the company but 
sometimes they would wouldn't even want to tell us like the project names or they would tell us the project name but if they didn't have to they wouldn't tell us what it was yeah. what it was well for this it was just filed under that so exactly it was on yeah. the public so it was record. easy to find um but yeah, the soil tests, I think, is really interesting because there is another plot of land that I'm sure we'll talk about at some point, oh, yeah. but how there's that other the plot of land, I believe, yeah, close to the Polynesian where they thought about building, again, another hotel. Yeah. Because you have to think about, this is this is prime real estate. This is right around the monorail loop. This is yeah. where there's a lot of money to be made. And so apparently they do soil tests there every couple of years because yes. this land is just too much swamp land at this yes. point. But they do soil tests there pretty often to see if it's viable to build or if they have the technology or you know whatever it might exactly. be because and which would be so cool I would love another do you imagine they were like okay we're building like two new things on the monorail loop I would love it I'd be pumped what I would do to be a fly on the wall though like me thinking of just looking at this time frame me and about being to be like you know fly on said wall that's what I'm saying for me to for me to be able to hear that their thought process where they're like, well, we technically had this land in river country. We would need to demolish everything. Mm-hmm. But let's run some soil tests first to see if the land is viable for that. Mm-hmm. They run the test. A year later, we find out they're supposed to be building this resort. But I will say I think Disney still ended up in a great spot, even though they ended up having to cancel this resort again, because at least now the area is cleared mm-hmm. and it's ready to be working property for whenever they come up with their hopefully buffalo junction idea for a resort there or whatever hopefully, it is that they're as gonna josie do. pushes um, the know. agenda I mean, of I'm buffalo junction you, I'm, I'm with you i felt like the again personal personal opinion but the reflections seemed kind of like a stretch of trying to con- like they weren't really connecting wilderness lodge to fort wilderness no. as well as they could have in my opinion and listen um, again this is a personal personal preference thing disney knows things that we don't know about yeah, about their course. target audience no. and this Tiana was, was going to get her own restaurant resort. i mean exactly hey, I, there this, were some pros and cons that's all i'm saying absolutely, if they absolutely. have the chance to rethink it a little bit do i think that's a bad idea no it's a good idea it's good for them you know they're not spending mm-hmm. money thinking about it it's just sitting yeah. there already cleared. So, yeah. So, yeah, I hope I hope one day we see something there. And I, I think, I don't know, do you have anything else? Adam, do you have anything else? I think this is it on our River Country. This is our longest episode, I yes. think, to date for yes. good reason. River Country is an incredibly, incredibly cool topic. And I think... Um, I think there are probably things that we didn't even touch upon. Like there, there's just so much about this really, really cool. Well, I think the Buffalo Junction situation is just proof that there's so much more into the history of these things than we realize. Because Mm -hmm. I really felt like I was touching on a bunch of random stuff: the All American Water Party, the railroad. Like you know, we had all these different parts and pieces. Um, But yeah, I mean, I guess my only point would be watch the mickey mouse club goes to walt disney world so you can experience the river country song that i'm very excited honestly yeah but it was such a cool time in disney history and it's so cool to look back and i I think that's it for our first episode of season two of the carousel project again as always thank you so much to listen for listening to our our passion project we have talked about this for years um you know it is really a dream come true to be able to work on this and we have learned so so much and and it was so exciting to see how we grew in season one so i'm so excited excited to see how we grow here in season two, but we really appreciate every single listener. Um, if you're interested in learning more about us, you can find us on Instagram. I'm at Josie Maida. Kate is at Kate Killebrew. 
right? Yes. Yes. Adam is at Epcot Adam. And then you can find our podcast Instagram at Carousel Project Podcast. Yes. And thank you all so much. We are excited to kick off season two. And if you enjoyed this episode or any of our other episodes, please feel free to leave us a review. Those reviews on Apple Podcasts are huge to help people find out about us. Um, As always, subscribe to our podcast. That's another great way to make sure you don't miss a new episode on Fridays. And last but not least, as a personal um, thing to do for us, if you wouldn't mind sharing this episode with somebody that you think would enjoy the topic, the history behind it, whether they love Disney or they love abandoned parks, we would so much appreciate you sharing this episode with somebody you think would find this podcast interesting. Um, This is all just little things you can do to help grow this passion project for us. And we are so grateful for you guys out there who listen to us every week. We love you all. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 You can slip, you can slide, you can dip.